0: Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strasser. I'm David Strasser and it's time for another smashing episode of Shark Bite Biz your place to grow a business during a global pandemic. As always, I scour the deep, dark corners of the internet to find you all the brightest minds in the world and showcase their knowledge on this very podcast. Today is no exception. Most companies have a marketing strategy that is seriously just a big waste of money they spend it in the wrong ways but because of just the sheer volume of money that was wasted they are getting results they think it is working but realistically it is seriously underperforming what they could potentially be doing they are wasting money and they are cutting themselves short of results Generating recurring, predictable revenue is key, and marketing is one of those main tools that is going to allow you to achieve that. With everybody online working for the most part, you may think what you are doing is just going to be a blur to them, but reality is, if you do it right, potential customers will respond, That is a fact, my friends. So who is today's guest? Chris Reed. Chris says the truth is that most businesses fail, not because the entrepreneur isn't working hard enough or they have bad products or services. Most businesses fail because they can't get enough customers. Chris has developed a simple system to get your message in front of your ideal customer to predictably grow your business. So, without further ado, let's bring Chris on in here. Reach your customer. Chris, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So happy to have you here.
1: Man, it's awesome to come to you from Saigon in Vietnam.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, you know, we've had people from Hawaii on the show. You are the first person in Vietnam to visit Shark Bite Biz. <laughs> Man, and
1: I tell you, I'm I'm in the future. You know, it's 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 a <laughs> Thursday night here. You're just you're just you're just having your morning coffee, and I'm I'm ready to go to bed.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you there. So. Um... You know, I know who you are. I got this beautiful bio with all these questions about you. But for all of our viewers, listeners out there, we have this, you know, it's a tradition here. Very first question Who are you? What's your experience? What's your background? Tell us about the real Chris Reed.
1: Yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm Chris Reed. I'm a, a dedicated yogi. I spend a lot of time doing that and walking my dogs, which I enjoy very much. But when I'm, I'm not, you know, leisurely enjoying my life, I run a digital marketing company. And you know, we help companies well survive. You know, the truth is that most businesses fail. And they fail because they can't get enough customers. And so, you know, we've got a pretty simple way of getting your message in front of your, your little customer and predictably growing your business. So yeah, that's what I do when, when I'm working.
0: Great. But how did you get to where you're at now? There's gotta be some driving factor that made you realize, like, hey, look, uh, I need to get customers in order to grow a business. Could you explain that?
1: Yeah, sure. And it, it, you know, it happened like a lot of people get into business by happenstance, not by you know any wise drive of my own.
0: Right. Some accidental a, entrepreneurs. That, that's exactly <laughs> it.
1: I'm I'm originally from Brisbane, Australia, a, a country boy. I studied software engineering at university because you know I couldn't ride horses well enough to round up cattle. Uh, So, you know, I once you study software engineering, there's really two ways you can make money. You either move to Silicon Valley and work for a tech startup, or you go and work in finance. I took the finance. I I, I would
0: contend that there's a third one. Okay. I had, I I studied software engineering, but I, I mean, I can engineer, program, all that stuff. But I actually was like, no, I'm going into the sales side. I want to understand how this stuff works to actually sell this stuff. That's the route yeah, I took. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, well, generally, you still got to be yeah. in one of the IT hubs of the world to make yeah, any yeah, decent yeah. money. Like and Brisbane like, is a backwater, you know, like no one even knows how to, where a computer is, you know, like you, you oh, know, yeah. software jobs are very limited there. So I Mm -hmm. took the finance route, I moved to London, worked for a bunch of big banks, which is pretty soul destroying work, but you know, they pay enough money that you learn to forget about it. Uh, Had Europe as my background, which was Awesome, you know, you spend the week working your nine to five in London, then you know, go to Paris for the weekend wow. or Amsterdam or whatever. It I'm was...
0: envious of your travel. I mean, Australia to Vietnam to living in London with Europe as your backyard—that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And until uh 2008, the global financial crisis came around. Oh
0: yeah, yeah,
1: my job disappeared just like everyone else I knew, and. Yeah, it kind of sucked at the time. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know, like, you know, was, I was approaching 30 and I'm like, wow, I'm like such a grown-up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm in the middle of my career, the peak of my life. My mm-hmm. life's over. And so I thankfully had saved up a few pennies and I spent the next couple of years floating around the world trying to work out what the hell I'm going to do with my life. I ended up back in Australia and I built an online game. <clears throat> and I didn't learn, I didn't build it because you know, I wanted to start a business or, you know, be an entrepreneur, I was just a computer geek trying to learn a new type of programming. And as the game came to fruition, I was like, well, how the hell do you get people to a website to play the damn thing? And so that's when I started learning about SEO. I built a bunch of backlinks to my website. It shot up in the rankings, generated a crap load of traffic. I was like, holy cow, I'm sitting on a goldmine here. I ditched the game, I built a website and some software to organize and take orders for backlinks and been doing it ever since.
0: Wow, that's an amazing story. And it's really kind of cool, I think, when people, they are out there, they're doing one thing. And like you said, happenstance, where they just kind of accidentally discover, like they fall on another completely different market and you know that you're able to be like that's it that's the gold mine that's the business that's the direction that we need to go so i've got to say that's an incredible incredible story and you know you're just like many of the other entrepreneurs we've had on this show that you know they've changed things whether it was funeral director to now fitness coach uh or like you with everything that you've done it, it it's pretty cool so, I want to get into a little bit with your your areas of expertise, okay? Now that you're in the digital world, stuff like that, why is marketing such a waste of money? Well, I guess most marketing for a lot of companies, it's kind of wasted because I... I feel they're not doing it the right way, but what do you say you're in the industry?
1: Yeah, most most people waste ridiculous amounts of money on marketing. Like, you know, Facebook just gobbles up your money. Like Facebook makes a heck of a lot of money, that's for sure, but right. you know, most people just burn their money in, in Facebook ads, same with Google ads. Like it's so easy to do. Like if you don't know what you're doing, it's it's very easy to get wrong. But you need to really define like, you know, what is marketing? Like, you know, building a website is marketing, right? Like you're, right. you're, you're putting yourself out there and build, build, building a business card is marketing. You know, a business card, it's a complete waste of time if you're not out there handing them out. They, they are very effective if you're going to network with someone and, well, it's better that you get their business card than you give them yours. You know, like people find mm-hmm. you a whole lot more interesting if you ask them questions about them. And then you can work out how you can serve them by understanding who they are, rather than sitting Mm -hmm. and telling people how damn great you are. And that's (laughs) that's the same thing about your website, right? And that's where most people fail: is they build a website and they talk about how great they are. No one gives a crap who you are and how great you are. They care: can you solve my problem? You know, and you need to get that website and find out where the people are looking. And that's where most web designers just don't have a clue. Like so no. often we have people come to us and yeah, one of our more recent customers just spent $20,000 on a website that generates in zero customers. He got zero yeah. return on $20,000. Like, man, go to the pub, go on a holiday, have a good time. <laughs> We've we'll got a way better investment, return on that investment. So it,
0: can I ask a question there? Uh, it, with that then, are you saying that I want to make sure that I'm following this, that the website itself, okay, should be the demand. Because I mean, for me thinking, and maybe I'm thinking about this wrong, I would think, okay, you want to have a beautiful, gorgeous website, but then you use the marketing to create the demand.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, like first off, you need to start with what do you want to achieve? Like that's the Mm -hmm. first question that that whenever I'm talking to a new customer is where do you want to be? Because like, you know, they'll ask me, how much is SEO? And so, well, you, you know, you can spend as much as you want. A go to spends over a billion dollars a year. You can spend a right. billion dollars a year. The internet's really, really big. No problem. You can spend a billion dollars. What do you want to achieve? Like, what's success looks like to you? Most people don't even know how big their market is. They don't know how to do market research. You know, thankfully, there's awesome tools today, like massive companies like, you know, uh, Coca Cola, they'll do market research because they've got a massive marketing team that can go and. Right. You know, test out markets and do that sort of stuff. Small businesses don't do that, but with digital marketing, there's so many tools that can help you test that sort of stuff. And like, you know, understanding SEO. So SEO is search engine optimization, and you're looking right. at what people are searching. You know, if you can tell that people are searching for your product and services, well, or the problem that your product and services solve, solve, then you know that there's a market there. You can know that you can go in there. Like if you're building some revolutionary new product that no one's searching for, then, you know, you're going to be up for uphill battle. Like why do you want to jump into a market that no one understands your product or no one's looking for, if no one's looking for that problem, like why build the solution? So like, it's so easy these days to do the market research and that's where you should start.
0: Yeah. It's an easy place. I'll give a quick testimonial here. Back in 2004 ish uh, my, her son was actually born we moved back from mexico to uh pennsylvania my father had a small construction company in rural pennsylvania uh, about maybe two hours i guess it would be northwest of philly and basically out there like he he was using this service uh i forget magic something and he was paying like a hundred dollars for roofing leads and i'm like wait a second okay that's that's i mean that's good you're getting leads so that you can go do jobs but why don't we just build you a website and then let me do marketing for you so that way we can try to get the leads directly to us cheaper than having to buy them off the service and it actually worked pretty darn good for us um it it, you know especially if you get into an old school industry like like uh, Rufig in rural Pennsylvania, there was nobody doing it except for these big companies, and they knew that. So, yeah, maybe I was paying a little bit more, you know, competing against them for pay per click, but it worked out really good. I mean, his business really, over the course of three years, we were able to grow it about fivefold. Uh, and then he ended up selling it. So, but it, yeah, it like was, bu-
1: bu- buying leads off someone else is they own your business, you know, like right. it's really risky. You know, the, this morning, one of our newest customers from today, you know, uh, when I spoke to her this morning before she signed up, she was spending $5,000 a month with Zillow. She, we work a lot in real estate, and Zillow is a massive real, real estate yep. uh, website in the US. She's spending $5,000 a month. She just increased it to seven and a half. So, like, that's a lot of money, right? 5000 bucks is mm-hmm. six $60,000 a year. She got $200,000 in revenue from that. Like that's not a real good return, right? You spend sixty k no. and you get six two hundred grand back. Like that's not a great return, and like I explained to her, well, you know, even if you were spending that on SEO, you own the platform, and next year you'll be getting that same return, even if you stop spending the money. So you get to, right. you get to keep that sixty grand. But the 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 beauty with SEO over any other form of uh, marketing is it's compounding. You know, any paid traffic that you're buying from Facebook or YouTube or wherever, you know, you stop paying, you stop stop getting where like SEO, it's compounding what you did last right. month, you get this month, the next month, the next year, like so there's, is there's that no how- better return.
0: Is that how you'd explain the difference then between Facebook YouTube marketing versus search engine optim- optimization? Uh,
1: not particularly. I like uh, Seth Godin, who is a fabulous marketing, you know, the granddaddy mm-hmm. of all digital marketing. You know, He coined the term interrupt marketing. You know, you're interrupting people. You're getting in front of people's faces where they want to be doing anything else. Like Whether it's a targeted Facebook ad or a YouTube ad, how many times do you actually watch an ad on YouTube or do you hit skip now? You, know, you always hit skip now. I always no one hit wants skip. that shit.
0: You know? In and fact, I bought Facebook. YouTube Premium to get out the ads.
1: Exactly. Everyone does. No one wants to see that crap. And another another thing, just out of the other weekend, I was sitting at a cafe playing with my phone, playing with Facebook. I saw a really nice ad for copywriting. I thought, wow, that's cool. I clicked on it. I saw his stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I I didn't have my credit card with me. I couldn't buy it. And so I didn't become a customer. He still paid for the click. So it's like, not only are you interrupting people, they might not be in the position to buy anything at the time. Where if I'm sitting at my computer and searching copywriting course or copywriting, whatever the hell the keyword would be, it's like you're in that position to do that. Like it's permission marketing because someone's actively seeking you out. How much more authority do you have when you're, you're not like interrupting people get in their face, they're looking for exactly what you do.
0: And you're not creepy stalking them either. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: one thing you got to think about is search intent. Like, you know, we work with a lot of real estate investors like syndication companies. And right. often uh, their minimum investment is $50,000. And so mm-hmm. one of the keywords we target is how to invest $50,000. Like what a great keyword, right? Because anyone searching how to invest $50,000 you can be pretty sure they have $50,000 lying around that they want to invest. And so you get right in front of that person, like how brilliant is it? And it's like, you know, the people that built all their websites didn't think of that. It's like pretty easy, easy stuff. Like that's oh, what you yeah. need to do is get in front of, in, in in the mind of your perfect customer. What is the problem that they're trying to solve? What is the problem that your business has fixed? Get that in front of those people and man, they'll be throwing money at you.
0: So- right now we're in the middle of a pandemic i don't know if you've heard about it how is it out there in vietnam is it bad
1: we have been covid free for more than six months wow
0: wow that is that's what
1: strong government can do
0: (laughs) okay i'll leave that right there but uh you know we're in the middle of this pandemic gave a lot of people working from home you know, commute, school, all that stuff has been disrupted in a lot of the world, uh, especially in the United States right now. So how does the traditional marketing, you know, think radio, TV, stuff like that, measure up really against the SEO and the digital You you,
1: you think what better time is there ever to be working online? You and I are having a conversation right now across the other side of the world. There's 12 (laughs) time zones between us, right? It's nine twenty four PM right now. It's nine AM in your time. Like
0: miracle like, of Zoom. Exactly.
1: How beautiful <laughs> is it that we can do that? Like we yeah. don't have one single customer in Vietnam when we never planned to. We like we like living here. We like basing here. All of our customers are either in the US or Australia. And yeah, you know, I've I've hardly ever met any of our customers in person ever. And you know, I've been doing this ten years, and like I've met a few in Brisbane. You know that that's it. Uh, you know what a great t- opportunity to work online and I tell you since this pandemic like when it first happened you know I pooped my pants a bit I'm like how bad is this gonna get uh, like we we lost one customer almost straight away because he he's a professional public speaker and his income turned off and it's right. still off so he was and I'm like oh my god how many customers we're we gonna lose that was the only customer we lost and we have yeah. grown just month on month on month. Like our biggest problem is recruitment. We cannot get people fast enough. I just, wow. just had dinner with, with our core team and they're like, man, can you slow down with the sales? Like, holy crap, like we, we can't keep up with this. Like, <laughs> it is such a good time to work online, man.
0: <laughs> it literally is. So I during my day job, I work in ERP and it's been the same thing. We've had a few customers that have dropped off You know, they ended up being, I'd say, niche products that they do. And, you know, most of our customers, though, it's like, okay, they've had to shift business processes, but they're either sustaining or there's a good proportion of them that are actually, you know, blowing up, growing out the roof. I'm seeing this trend across the board. I work a lot with manufacturing distributors, so it's been very good for them.
1: We work with, like you name a niche and we're in it like we've got a customer that's a dog walker we have ones that sell luxury dog coats uh lots of real estate past investors lawyers like you name it we do it because it's always the same thing for us right work out what your customers search for show google that you're an authority so they put your website in front of them and then ask people politely to buy things you know it's it's a pretty simple process and like that works for every business and man like People just are getting more and more comfortable with buying things online, especially with the pandemic. Why go out when you can just buy it online? Like, yeah. You know,
0: oh yeah. There is a reason
1: why you know Jeff Bezos is so rich.
0: <laughs> yeah, and getting incredibly richer. <laughs> and yeah, so. Well, we're we're talking about the pandemic. um, One of the topics that we had wanted to discuss with you was how to generate predictable revenue. Well, we have the added twist with the pandemic. So how much harder or easier does it make it for that to happen?
1: So yeah, like, I mean, businesses fail because they can't get enough customers. And that's the beauty of digital marketing, whether it's SEO or SEM, which is paid search or Facebook ads or YouTube ads, like you can measure it all so well. Like if, if you have an ad in a newspaper, how do you really measure how many customers came from it? It's really, really mm-hmm. difficult. You know, I, I actually had lunch with the CEO of Coca-Cola in Cambodia and his whole marketing team was there, which was was pretty nice lunch. And, you know, uh, Coca-Cola cans where they put the names on, on people, uh, like, like oh, people's yeah, names yeah. On the cans. So that actually originated in Australia. That they told me. Wow. And they just had the campaign in Cambodia at the time, which is the country just next door to Vietnam. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, I said, well, how do you know like how long to run that campaign for? And they like, we can measure that sales go up by 10, 15 percent when they have the. Mo- they always put the most common names of whatever country they're in on there, and people buy those cans. And it lasts for about three months and then people get bored of it and they turn it off and then go back. And that's Coca-Cola it has a very sophisticated marketing campaign and they can just kind of estimate. You know, like why just throw so much crap at the wall and see what sticks when you can measure mm-hmm. exactly what you're getting. Like you use awesome tools like Google Analytics to see who's on your website, Google Tag Manager to tag them into your CRM or your shopping cart or whatever the hell. And then, you know, you can extrapolate that data with Google Data Studio. We're big fans of Google products around here. Uh, (laughs) And and you can see exactly, this is what my marketing spend was and this is what the return I got. And this is the keywords that they were clicking on and this this is how many people buy from that. So you know where to double down your marketing spend. You know, like I might spend $1,000 here and get $2,000 return, spend $1,000 here and get $5,000 return. Where are you going to put the next bit of money, you know? Like that's what you can do with digital marketing, which... You know, it's it's a science. It's it's not magic.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it definitely sounds pretty awesome. So I want to ask you a question there. You've mentioned the Google products, Google analytics, stuff like that. You know, for the most part, that is a free platform. I think it's a gold standard um, out there. How good is it? How accurate is it? Is there anything else better out there? Or just go with Google Analytics.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Google provides so many great tools. Like mm-hmm. even uh, you know, G Suite, which is like Gmail for your business. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think six dollars or seven dollars per user. It's like, yeah, we recommend it for 13. all of our customers. You know, like it, you you get to use the email. You have you know, G, uh, uh, G Drive to store your documents. It, it, yeah. You know, Google provides really good tools, and they keep you in the Google I- infrastructure. You know? So I highly recommend them.
0: So. As we're going forward with everything, I mean, uh, you know, considering the pandemic, all that stuff, what do you think some good cost effective marketing strategies then for businesses?
1: Well, well, you really got to think like, why is it cost effective? What, you, what you're trying to think of is, well, how much can I spend to get a customer? Uh, Dan Kennedy famously said, the company that can spend the most to acquire a ca- customer will win in the end. And so you need to accurately work out what is the lifetime value of your customer and how much can you spend to acquire one? That is what most companies have no idea about. Like, you know, my wife just opened a new restaurant and, you know, we're trying to help her work that out at the moment. Yeah, right. it's, it's brand new. So she doesn't know the lifetime value of a customer. She knows what, a, you know, the average, average spend is. But, you know, it's a local restaurant. So you're going to have people coming back a lot. So even if they spend, mm-hmm. you know, $10 per visit, it's like, well, how much can you spend to bring that person in? Because you know, you know, they might come back once a week, forever. You know? Or even if it's like once a month for 12 months, so now they spend you know, $120. So you can spend you know, $20 to bring, in, bring that person in, even if they're only spending $10. You need to work these sort of maths out. And that's how you work out how much you can spend. Like, why, why spend $1,000 if you're only going to make, well, $1,100, is it worth, your, worth the hassle? But like right. once you know how much you can spend per customer to acquire each customer, then you can just ramp that stuff up and, until you're as busy as you want to be.
0: You know, in my industry, it's actually getting a little bit interesting with that because ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning Systems, uh, my uh, our, our audience is well familiar with ERP, <laughs> but with what I do, uh, it's old school business, okay? So you used to sell the software. People would spend, you know, 20000 150000 on one-time purchase of software. But like everything else, especially during the pandemic, it's modernizing. So, um, you know, everybody's starting to do the SaaS model with the monthly payments for the software. And that's where when you look at how much money can you spend with the, you know, to acquire a customer, it's really uncertain because now we're looking at ACV for the value of the lifetime of a customer. And then it's like, how long do you wanna consider that that customer is with you for three years, five years, 10 years? Because if you think they're gonna be with you for 10 years, I mean, you could spend a heck of a lot more than if they're just gonna stay with you for three years. So it's a really interesting, I guess we could say process going on right now in our industry for them to be able to really kind of figure that out
1: for sure but it's it's something that you know small-term businesses need to really come to terms with too like right when I start yeah you know, like I have calls with people all the time and there are varying differences one, one of our new customers sells enterprise uh, ERPs as well his average yeah. customer is worth $500,000 I'm like holy crap we you know, bring in two customers a year you're happy as hell yeah, and he's in New Zealand with New Zealand dollars, like Jesus.
0: <laughs> they still pay
1: big bucks in New Zealand. And you, it, for those that don't know New Zealand, it's very small. Uh, I yeah. think there's like 4 million people or something. It's like an island just off Australia. But uh, like some, some people know about marketing, some people don't. Some people have no idea. Most, most of the time, the first question I asked people was like, what sort? You know, what success like look to you? How many more customers do you want? And I say more. And i like, well, how many more? Because for us to build you a strategy to go from ten customers a month to hundred or ten to thousand, it's a big difference. You know, but so many businesses don't even measure where did their leads come from. You know, how many leads do they have? How many customers do they have? Like, mm-hmm. getting these sort of processes down really helps.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely, and just having some place that you can actually you know, look at some raw data and then also convert it to actual usable business intelligence and information I think is key too. I, I think you were saying you had, um, there was a Google tool you had mentioned, I think that did that. Was yeah, there? well,
1: G- Google Data Studio is pretty good at data like, pulling, pulling data around and like building reports. That's what we use for that. But I tell you like two books I've never heard re- of that.
0: Yeah. So that's great. I'll check yeah. it out right after this interview.
1: <laughs> so like two books that I highly recommend that you know really changed my business uh, both by an author called Mike McCallowitz. uh one mm-hmm. is profit first which is like how to have a profitable business you know like right. you know I, I I use these things to our team members all the time it's like if we're losing money on a job why the hell take the job mm-hmm. just don't do it like go on a holiday it's better like why do do work if you're losing money always think about the business profitability first and it's right A really paradigm shift, great book. And his other book is about clockwork, how to build a business that doesn't revolve around you. And like most entrepreneurs build themselves a job and it's a shitty job that you cannot escape from. And, you know, I've been stuck in that, you know, like, like years ago, you know, I could never walk away from business. I had to work ridiculous hours all week long, you know, not being profitable, you know, sometimes not taking a paycheck and I'm going, Man, I long for the days when I was a software engineer. When you know I used to drink champagne in the <laughs> evening and go to Paris yep. on the weekend and get paid lots of money and be stress free. Now I'm wow an entrepreneur and I get paid nothing and work, you know, ridiculous hours and <laughs> it sucks. And you know, like being free from that crap is yeah. like you get to enjoy your life so much more. And like having well consistent leads and consistent revenue, it mm-hmm. just takes the stress out of everything. You know, it was Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, who said revenue cures all problems. And it's like, you know, I've screwed up plenty of stuff at business and I screwed things up all the time. But, you know, we got plenty of customers coming in and, like, whatever I screw up, we live to fight another day. And, like, that's what business is all about. And having that security, man, it, it just makes it fun, you know, because you know mm-hmm. that whatever happens, you're fine. You you can just enjoy your day.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, enjoying the day. I I think about that, too, just with the simplicity of things. I run the Northeast up here now, and it was like, I do miss the days where I just sold, and then I have somebody else to clean up all the other messes. (laughs) Yeah, I did not have to focus on that. And, you know, for some people, the simple life is good. You know, there's nothing wrong if you just, hey, I just want to sell. I just want to program. You know, but there's a lot of other people that just have that drive that to feel fulfilled they've got to do more well and so that's having a business
1: that that kind of runs by itself, you can do what you want like I love sales i I do oh, yeah. the majority of our sales like i I spend my days on sales calls and doing podcasts like I, yeah. I just sit here, talk shit all day long. I love it <laughs> you know, and you know I just went and had dinner with our, our two key people that run the company you know and it, it's great right. they, they they fired two people today because they weren't good culture fit and i love that that they made that decision and they're like yeah they were both on probation and they were like these people don't fit our culture we don't enjoy working mm-hmm. with them and it's like it doesn't matter what quality of work they did or did not do it's like if mm-hmm. you're not fun to work with we don't want to work with you like life's too short we we all enjoy our work and if we don't want to work with you, then get out of here. And we're the same with customers. If we don't like work with you, get out of here. We've got more customers. We don't need you. Like, if right. you're a pain in the ass, then you're not fun. And I yeah. just
0: fired a customer yesterday. And it's very rare in our business, but it does happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing. I think that's one nugget there. A lot of business owners out there, I mean, don't. Keep a customer out of fear, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to grow, but if I reduce the customer, you well, know, well, if you don't can. have
1: predictable revenue, then you need to do that. Like yeah, you
0: know,
1: I've I, I remember being at times like you know, waking up at 2 a.m. with a cold sweat and going, Oh, if I close that deal and maybe this one comes through, then I should be able to make payroll. You know, and it sucks. And you're like constantly yep. throughout the whole month, like trying to calculate. close that one and then you're on sales calls and it's kind of hard because you're like i really need your money dude you know like and (laughs) no one wants that salesman right like where where if you can sit back with confidence and talk hey we provide a fabulous service and we charge plenty for it because we provide awesome results do you want awesome results yeah
0: (laughs) everybody wants awesome results Chris. So uh, I guess this will be my last question for you and then we'll let you uh, get your info out there. But why should people hire a marketing agency like Art or SEO?
1: Like uh, the book I just mentioned, Clockwork. So he has yeah. a really great analogy. He's like, you know, in a, in a beehive, right? The, the most important job is the queen bee role. And like you, everyone protects the queen bee. And like in mm. our company, our SEO analysts doing biz, you know, billable hours for our company, uh, for our customers, that's where we make money. And if they're doing anything right. else, if they're in, doing internal work or, or in meetings or whatever, they're not making the company any money. Mm-hmm. And so it's not profitable. So we need to focus all of our people doing billable hours all of the time. And if they're doing anything else, they're, they're wasting our time. And so it's the same as like we use an accountant to run our books. And, mm-hmm. you know, we could do it internally, but why? An accountant's way better at it and will do it way more efficient than we do. And it's the same. It's like, unless you're an SEO agency, why the hell would you do SEO? It's tough. Like, even if you hired one expert, your expert is not never going to compete with our team because we never have one person working on one project. You know, we have a content team that are doing that, marketing people, you know, SEO analysts, developers, mm-hmm. and designers, you know, a suite of people that will always be the best person to do whatever job is needed and it's like are you gonna hire like 10 people to run your website like right that's what you need <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you should hire an agency
0: yeah no great answer great answer and it makes it makes total total sense I mean for me it's I think a lot of people just struggle when they look at that digital content. They're like, oh, I can do this. I I know what keywords people would look for and they start filling it out. And it
1: takes you away from doing what you're good at. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the customer that I just mentioned from this morning, like she's not tech savvy at all. She's a really great realtor and makes a lot of money. And you're like, why the hell would you be doing anything other than that? Like, right investment with us, like let us do what we're good at and stick doing what you're good at. And yeah, that's what everyone should be doing. It, it makes for an enjoyable life too. <laughs> and
0: you're really telling, I mean, if you look at it, you're, you're really being a growth partner for them. You're allowing them to achieve growth because you're doing the niche dirty work of the SEO stuff.
1: And one one other thing, uh, another book I should mention because I got this from it. It's by Perry Marshall's yeah. book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing, which is a fabulous book. And he talks about in every situation, someone's taking the risk. Every deal, someone's taking the risk. If you can guarantee your work, like you're taking that risk away from people. And from reading that, we started guaranteeing our work. And holy crap, it makes sales so easy because you're like, hey, we got this guarantee. And they're like, man, why wouldn't I do that? And it's like, okay. it's a science, right? We, we build a strategy and we do the same thing every time. And it's like, we can accurately predict what the results are going to be. So, like, you throw a guarantee on there, and people are like, yeah, take my money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people do love guarantees, man. Guarantees, and guarantees, all that stuff. You know, I'm still getting.
1: Valuable. I wish I had learned that many, many, many years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm st- I get calls every day about uh, upgrading my car warranty. So, yeah, people love it. But anyways, hey, this has been an amazing interview. How can people reach out to you?
1: So two things. If you go to Google and you type in the coolest guy in SEO, if you don't see my my face, you're not looking very hard because it should be everywhere. But uh, also, if you have any doubt in how SEO can build your business, go to ardorseo.com slash sharkbitebiz and you'll see my pretty face there. And if you're putting your name and email, I'll do a video review for you. I'll personally make a video to show you your market, what your potential customers are searching for, in what search volume, and show you some simple things that you can change yourself to get your website in front of where these people are looking and predictably grow your business. So that's ardor, A-R-D-O-R, SEO.com slash sharkbitebiz.
0: Yep. And we will have the link on the description anywhere you're watching or listening this interview. And Chris, I I fact-checked you. I threw it in Google. I put the coolest guy in SEO. Your darn picture is right there. So (laughs) (laughs) You
1: can't argue with Google, man. (laughs) No,
0: no, no. Hey, this has been wonderful. It's been a lightning. I think you gave us a lot of good, fun stories. About your life, your business, your expertise. Hey, thank you so much for coming on to Shark Bite Biz. Thank you, sir. Yep, have a good one. Cheers. Awesome interview with Chris. Totally loved it. You could tell that guy knows his stuff. So before I get into my summary of the interview, I you know, first I just wanna mention this podcast is a community. It is a network. So if you're listening and you found that interview insightful, do me a favor, smash that like button on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, irregardless of where you're consuming this. If you're on YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, I can go on and on, Spotify, wherever you are, smash that subscribe button. And if you really really, really want to help us out, help me out, share this video to your network. I would love nothing more than to see Shark see Biz actually trending on LinkedIn. Help us out as we grow this channel, get you more and more experts on the show, and really just build out this awesome community that we got going. So let's take a step back here and just reevaluate what Chris means about predictable revenue. SEO, unlike ads, for example, is something that is pretty much forever. If you invest money into backlinks, keywords, building out SEO relevant pages and all that good stuff, it is something that is going to continue to perform for you because it's built, it's registered. It's logged into the deep, dark soul of Google forever. <laughs> That's a good thing or a bad thing. Depends how you look at it. But if you turn off your Facebook ads or your Google ads or your Yelp ads, guess what? That consistent stream of revenue dissipates. It just stops right there, Dead in its track. The machine has run out of gas and it isn't moving forward anymore. That's the big difference between SEO and pay-per-click advertising. SEO is there. It's created. Yeah, you need to continually be maintaining it, adding to it. You know, nobody's ever going to have something that's perfect. You're always going to have to build onto it. But once you've invested that and you get that going... The results that you're going to get are going to end up being way cheaper over time than the quick fix boom of pay per click advertising. Another recurring theme that we have here on our podcast is data. Understanding your data, unlocking your data, making the most out of your business intelligence so that you can get your business to the next level with real time, accurate decisions that are made on actual facts on real-time facts as i like to say in the erp world with vision 33 it's like having one source of truth to know exactly where you are at so that was a fun video with some great conversation today's discussion topic seo ppc facebook or whatever what's your mix of your digital presence Let's discuss in the comment section here on YouTube and I'd love to hear what everybody's doing. Lastly, if you want to be a guest on the show? Do you have a good story to tell about your business and the changes that you had to make, the lessons learned, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. If so, shoot me an email, david at sharkbitefizz.com. I'd love to have each and every one of the viewers out there, listeners out there of Sharkbite Fizz on this show telling their story. So as you all know, I'm David Strasser. This is Sharkbite Fizz, and we'll see you again next episode. Cheers.